fourth Sunday in Advent. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online or on the radio, a reminder to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find uh, the bulletin for this service. You'll find that under the resources tab there. Just click resources and then click on the bulletin so you can follow along with the service today. There's also options for giving your offering to the Lord under the Give tab on the website. Just a few announcements to share with you before we start worship today. Uh, chapel member Donna Miller died in the Lord this past Tuesday. Donna's funeral will take place here at chapel tomorrow, Monday, December 19th at 11 a.m. Visitation with Donna's family will take place prior to the funeral starting at 10 a.m. until the time of the funeral at 11. So that's tomorrow at 10 for visitation and 11 o'clock for the funeral for Donna Miller's funeral. Our fourth and final midweek Advent worship service is this upcoming Wednesday, December 21st. Uh, worship begins at 6.30 p.m. And, of course, there's dinner served prior uh, down in the gym starting at 5. So please join us for dinner and especially for worship this upcoming Wednesday night, our last midweek worship service. Our special children's Christmas program is today at 11 o'clock. Hope everybody can stay for that special time of worship as the children of chapel share uh, the special Christmas story. And we will be joining together for some special worship services on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Of course, Christmas Eve candlelight worship services will take place at 5 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. On Christmas Day, uh, that's a Sunday, but we're going to just uh, put the services together that day. Instead of two Sunday services, we will worship together at 10 a.m. on Christmas Day. And we will celebrate the Lord's Supper at, at, at all three of the services, both on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And then, looking forward to New Year's Eve and day, that's a weekend, that's a Saturday, Sunday, so we will worship our regular weekend schedule, December 31st at 5 p.m., and then January 1st at 8.30 and 11. And to make you aware, a lot of you know this, some of you don't, uh, but from time to time, Chapel of the Cross emails out some important announcements to members who have signed up to receive email blasts from the church. So if you do not receive those periodic announcements and communications and you would like to do that, you need to sign up for that. We can't just automatically put you on the list. Uh, you have to uh, opt in for that. So to do that, just go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, click on the resources tab, and then go down to where it says email news blast. And, and you can click on that and then enter your information and you will be signed up to get those, the, get those uh, periodic, periodic announcements. There's not a lot, but when there's a funeral announcement or when there's a change of schedule or if there's a cancellation, those kind of things we, we share with our congregation. And I encourage you to sign up for that. God's blessings as we worship together today. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with one another, after which we will sing our entrance hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We'll sing verses 1 through 5 for that hymn. We share the peace.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, asking him for the sake of his promised Son to grant us forgiveness and grace. Lord God, we confess to you that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. Our thoughts have at times wandered from your holy word of mercy and truth. Our own words have not always bestowed honor and glory upon your name. We have acted contrary to your holy will. We have betrayed the covenant of grace bestowed upon us in a system. We have frequently diminished the importance of our confirmation vows. Believing in Jesus' resurrection for us, we plead that you would forgive our sins and by your Holy Spirit, strengthen our resolve to live a life of glory of your holy name. As a called and ordained servant of the word, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. O Lord, let the lighting of these candles signify that you are the light that shines in all the darkness of our lives. As we wait, watch, hope, and pray, guide us all to reflect your light and let it shine. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come help us by your might, that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted up by grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the seventh chapter of Isaiah. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. May the Lord your God 
ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depth or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah, and we'll call him Emmanuel, he will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. But before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your father, a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
epistle reading is from the first chapter of Romans. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with the power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord, through him and for his name's sake, we receive grace and of the Gentiles to be obedient to that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
According to St. Matthew, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had discovered, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Promises. Promises. The Bible's filled with promises. Promises of deliverance, promises of restoration, promises of rescue, but especially promises of Messiah, of Emmanuel's coming, of the Prince of Peace and the Righteous Branch's arrival. Promises, promises. That's what we focus on so very much during this season of Advent, especially the promises found in the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but all of the Old Testament readings this Advent season have come from Isaiah. First Sunday in Advent, it was Isaiah chapter 2. The promise of peace will come with that Messiah where the people will beat their their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation and, and armies will not train for war anymore. And that beautiful peace, that comes and that is inaugurated at the first coming of, of Jesus Christ, of the Messiah, and the fulfillment at his second coming at the end of time. Second Sunday in Advent, we heard of that tender shoot coming up from the stump of Jesse in Isaiah chapter 11. Remember that? And then that little shoot from that seemingly dead stump is the Messiah. He's come to bring joy back to his people. He's come to bring life back to his people. Last week when we heard from Isaiah 35 and the promise of blind eyes being opened and deaf ears unstopped and lame legs given movement and mute tongues given the ability to shout for joy again, all because of Messiah, all because of Jesus. That one whom John the Baptist had proclaimed, that one who had come in the flesh, that one who would soon then die and then rise so he could give eternal hope and so he could give complete healing, healing from sin to all who believe in him. Promises, promises. For three weeks, Isaiah has laid out beautiful promises, and this morning he does it again, this time from Isaiah chapter 7. You heard that read a few minutes ago. Again, hear just the 14th verse from Isaiah 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and we'll call him Emmanuel. Now, we've heard that name before, haven't we? Now, we hear it all the time. We hear it every Advent, for sure. O come, O come, Emmanuel. We sang that hymn today. That was our entrance hymn this morning. Emmanuel, which means God with us, it's not a new message for us. And that promise, Emmanuel, that wasn't a new message in Isaiah's day either. Emmanuel, God with us, that is the message that God had been proclaiming, that God had been speaking to his people since the beginning. And you can hear the Emmanuel promise all throughout the Old Testament. I mean, you go back to Abraham. God said, and I will be God to you and and to your descendants after you. I will be with you. Genesis chapter 17. God promised to be with Abraham. God promised to be his God. Two generations later, God said to Jacob, Behold, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. Genesis chapter 28. God called Moses to be his servant and God told him in Exodus chapter 3, I will be with you. And he was. God was with him in a way he could not miss. A pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. 
When Moses died, God told Joshua, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Joshua chapter 1. Jump ahead a few years. God makes that very same promise to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. He says, I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off, your, from your, cut off all your enemies from before you. So then when the Lord sent Isaiah to preach, saying, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, that Emmanuel is just a repeat of that same promise. When the people heard the name Emmanuel, they would have heard God's promise all the way back to Abraham and Jacob and Moses and Joshua and David and to all the rest. The promise to be with them. The promise to never leave them. The promise that he would not forsake them. And that was a promise that needed to be heard again and again. And that was a promise that needed to be shared again and again. Because again and again, they forgot about their God. And over and over again, they didn't listen to their God. And again and again, they didn't think they needed their God or his almighty presence. And here in Isaiah chapter 7, King Ahaz needed to hear it. King Ahaz, he had enemies all, over, all around him. The Assyrians were threatening to take by force his nation, Judah. But they were also threatening his neighbors, Israel and Syria. And Israel and Syria were trying to force Ahaz into an alliance against Assyria, who was threatening them all. So with enemies all around him, Ahaz thought his only solution was to form an alliance with his enemy's enemy, with Assyria. This is not God's plan. And God, through Isaiah, told him so. God said, Israel and Syria are threatening to ruin you. But keep calm and don't be afraid. It will not take place. It will not happen. God promised Israel and Syria will not take Jerusalem. And then he adds a much more important warning to Ahaz. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Now God knew that Ahaz was not a good king. He was not faithful and he did not believe and so God says to Ahaz, ask for a sign. I'll give you one. Ask for anything you want to show that I am indeed the one who will stand with you, that I will stand with Judah, that I will protect you. But Ahaz refuses. Now it seems a very pious thing to do, a very godly answer to God. But the truth is, Ahaz is just showing his faithlessness. If God tells you to ask for a sign, well, you better well ask for one. But Ahaz does not. But God in his grace is going to give a sign anyway. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And Judah will prevail. Not because of you, Ahaz, but because God is with you. And ultimately, God's people will prevail against their greatest enemy, because of that one who was born of a virgin some 700 years later, Christ Jesus our Lord. Promises. Promises. 
Emmanuel, God is with you. He says it over and over again. Over and over again you hear it. It's here in Isaiah chapter 7, but it's all throughout the Bible. Why is that promise so very important? Why does our God keep repeating that over and over again? Because ever since sin entered this world, it has meant that we are separated from God. And so very often we are blind to our God's constant presence. And we don't see how just how closely the Lord watches over us, how closely he supports us, how he guides us, how he protects us, how he loves us. So often God's people felt as if that the Lord was somehow distant from them, that he was gone, didn't hear their prayers, he was unaware of their troubles. So God repeats it over and over again throughout the Old Testament. I am with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. And so God gave his son a name that would always remind them of the promise. Emmanuel, I am with you. I won't leave you. Of course, it wasn't just the people of the Old Testament that had trouble believing that God was still with them. You probably find yourself asking that question from time to time too, don't you? Wondering, where is God? Where is God when a loved one's dying? Where is God when it seems like one, after, one thing after another is going wrong? Where is God when, when everything just seems so overwhelming in life? And we hear all the time that Jesus is Emmanuel, that he's God with us, but still we find ourselves asking if God really does understand what's going on down here with all our troubles. Troubles like divorce or alcoholism or broken relationships or, or debt or hostility or betrayals or stress or temptations. Is he really with me? Is he really with me through all that stuff? I think to answer that question, not only does God say over and over that he is with us, he actually does it. He becomes one of us. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. You know, isn't it just, just like God? His most awesome work, his supreme sign that he is with us would not come through like some mountain-shattering earthquakes or fire and brimstone or parting of seas or anything like that. His sign that he is with us would come quietly through the weakness of an infant, through the birth of a baby boy born of a virgin. That child is the fullest guarantee that God is with us. A baby born to simple peasant parents living in a quiet town but, but this baby, though he was born to ordinary peasants in a quiet, ordinary town, is anything but ordinary. He was born unlike anybody has ever been born. Born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit. This little baby is God. He is God with us, a fullness of God in a human being. He is Emmanuel. And so not only did he come to be born, 
He came to identify with us sinful human beings. Emmanuel, God with us. He came to be our substitute, to pay our debt. Emmanuel, God with us. He came to take our punishment. Emmanuel, God with us. He came to die, but then to rise so that we might live eternally with him. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Comes to live with you every day in his word. Emmanuel. Comes to be with you in the waters of baptism. Emmanuel. Comes to be with you in bread and wine. Emmanuel. I mean, can't you hear him as he said over and over throughout the centuries, I am with you and I won't forsake you. I am Emmanuel. And as he comes to us as our Emmanuel and as, as we trust in him and as we trust in his presence in our lives, we also do know that just because we trust in Jesus as Emmanuel does not mean that somehow the troubles are no more. That now divorce never happens, that alcoholics are immediately cured, that debts just somehow disappear, that stress goes away, that sin doesn't bother us any, any longer. It doesn't mean that. Instead, Emmanuel is a promise that none of those things that our world can throw as can change the fact that God's promise is true. And God's promise is real. That God is with us through all those things. And we'll get all get bogged down at times by sin and by tragedy and by sadness. But Jesus still is, and he always will be, our Emmanuel. And because Jesus is Emmanuel, that means that we are the people with God. We are God's people. We are the ones who will never be alone. We will always have our God with us. That is a promise of our God. That is a promise of Emmanuel. Christian songwriter Michael Card sings about Jesus, our Emmanuel. Listen to one of his songs. A sign shall be given, a virgin will conceive, a human baby bearing undiminished deity. The glory of the nations, a light for all to see, and hope for all who will embrace his warm reality. Emmanuel, our God is with us. And if God is with us, who can stand against us? Our God is with us. Emmanuel. Promises. Promises. Oh, what a wonderful promise. Emmanuel, God is with us. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Find that on page 7 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men 
and for our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. rise for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Jesus, wisdom proceeding from the Most High, give us a rich measure of your wisdom that we would live as you did, intent on fulfilling the will of the Father. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Lord, as you called many into special service into your kingdom, so you have called us to serve with willing hearts and lives. Bless those who serve as ministers in your church, particularly those who are ministries of the gospel in our church today. Continue also to bless the mission and ministry efforts of Chapel of the Cross. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O branch of Jesse, you are a sign among the nations. At this holy time of the year, we ask that you would give your overwhelming peace to those who are serving away from home in the armed services. As many spend their, as many spend these holy days apart from their extended families, grant them your kindness and favor. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O key of David and bright morning star, even at these joyous times of year, many hearts are heavy due to pain, separation, and loss. Send your Holy Spirit to comfort those who are hospitalized or suffering from illness or infirmity, including Joan Arbin as she recovers from surgery, Robert Cunningham and the healing for Jaden Johnson as he was a victim of gun violence. Heavenly Father, also give a special measure of your peace and comfort to the family and loved ones of Donna Miller, who died in the Lord this past Tuesday, and Ryan Meyer and his family upon the death of his grandmother, Alice Meyer, this past Monday. Sustain them, Lord, with your hope and with your grace. O Emmanuel, give to all who are hurting the comforting promise of your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Dayspring, you have shown the light of your grace on those who are celebrating special milestones. We give thanks especially with Fred and Joanne Fanson, who will celebrate their 62nd wedding anniversary this week. Continue to bless and to guide them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Cornerstone, you alone are able to bring everlasting conciliation among the people of all nations. Cause peace to prevail in all corners of the world. Raise up God-fearing judges in our land. Give to the justice who serve on our Supreme Court wisdom, discernment, and a fear of God as they render judgments. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O King of Kings, lawgiver and savior, continue to rule over us, our families, and our church by your grace. Fill us with your spirit and bring us to life everlasting. O Jesus, come quickly. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you. Lord, our God, for you have had mercy on us and sent your only begotten Son, the long-hoped-for Messiah, 
to bring us salvation. Pour out upon us the gifts of your spirit that we may receive your blessings joyfully and resolutely serve you in all we do. Grant that we may receive the body and blood of our Lord as a foretaste of the feast to come in your eternal kingdom. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and praise, together with the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
please stand? Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting living God, we thank you for having fed us with the body and blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Govern our hearts that we may never forget your blessings, but steadfastly thank and praise you for all your goodness in this life until with all your saints, we praise you eternally in your heavenly kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, to whom with you and the same Spirit be all honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn of the Father's love begotten. <laughs> 